Yo, 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 I am your host, Rebecca, with First Steps to Sanity, and I will be here each week to give you the foundations, strategies, and witchy ways to help you gain confidence, manage your anxiety, and break the stigma by opening the conversation of mental health. So let's dive right into this week's episode. Today on First Steps to Sanity's podcast, we have Rachel Mendy of R. Mendy Incorporated. Rachel knows firsthand the struggles, hardships, and curveballs that life can throw at you. She has transformed her life after the death of her daughter, Ashley, where she was not only mourning, but also lacked direction and fulfillment to one of strength and empowerment. She knows firsthand we can collectively take charge of our lives and minds to create those tragedies in life to triumphs. For the past several years, Rachel has taught her clients how to rebuild their lives through connection, gratitude, and intention. The fiber of her foundation and teachings is a solid relationship with God by which faith, belief, and action have transformed her life. Rachel has her own coaching business where she works closely with those who are truly ready and dedicated to transforming their lives, but are just not sure where to start. Rachel does this by guiding her clients through their confusion and unhappiness to a life that brings them true contentment, fulfillment, and flow. She's most active on her Facebook and Instagram pages where she publishes daily quotes and weekly guidance and tips about becoming a better you. I'll have her links to her Instagram and her Facebook in the show notes, guys, and get ready for this bomb ass episode. All right. So we were actually talking before this started, guys. So you're kind of coming in the middle of a conversation, but I think that this is really valuable to hear. We were talking uh, about the Black Lives Matter movement and what, um, you know, myself and other white people can do to actually help. Because let's be honest, like, I'm sorry, Black people have been fighting their whole lives. I think it's completely understandable if they want to take a second to sit down and be like, this is a fucking lot right now. (laughs) Can somebody fight for me for a second? (laughs) We were discussing that, so you guys are kind of coming in on the middle of a conversation, but I think it's really valuable to hear because we have an amazing perspective here about things that you can do. Yeah, yeah. No, I was just I was just saying that, you know, early on in, um, you know, after the George Floyd um, murder, um, I had a lot of people because of the affiliations that I have, I had a lot of... Um, Caucasian white people asking me questions and um there were a lot of you know there are a lot of different opinions um but for the most part all I all I had to offer was that the fight that has been going on for just equality because I don't I don't think that we're like asking for like I mean there are some people that are asking for like you know, reparations and all that other stuff. But I think the the main theme is just to be treated equally, right? Fairly, respectfully, um, not hunted down and, you know, killed, <laughs> whatever. And, um, you know, my, my real question to them was, this is not a, uh, like a trending topic, right? This yeah. is not something that's just going to like, 
trend for like a month or so and then it's just gonna go away like because i just wanted to know like do you really want to know what you can do like do you really want to know because it really does take you being at the thanksgiving dinner with your family members and somebody brings up this black lives matter thing and for you to actually stand for what it is that you believe in and say it's wrong you know what I mean? And have the hard conversations like at your home, at your job, when you're not really supposed to be talking about this kind of stuff. Um, <laughs> you know, like in oh, places where it matters, you know what I mean? Not for, um, I don't know, for, you know, social media clout or whatever. Yeah. Like if you actually believe what it is that you're saying and you actually want to help, this is how you can help. Because it's going to be like a little, it's going to be little by little. Like, it's not going to be, oh, I'm going to get on this platform or I'm going to get on, I don't know, whatever, and change hundreds of people's minds. But if there are people intricately, like, in your life that you, since you say that you want to help, <laughs> that you're ready to have these hard conversations with and actually explain to them, you know, like, what has happened and, and, because a lot of a lot of people were taking like offense and felt feeling like they were being um treated unfairly and it was just like really <laughs> like do you feel that way you feel like you feel like a racist like are you a racist you know what i mean like how are you doing this like in the moment <laughs> in the moment of <laughs> i forgot about that I'm not gonna lie. being murdered on live television or whatever the case may be, right? You feel like a victim. Like, how is that possible? <laughs> so, yeah. So I had lots of hard, very, like, you know, understanding and caring conversations. But really, at the end of the day, I was like, are you ready? Like, is this what you want to do? Or are you just saying this? Because if, you're, if you really want to do it, that's what you need to do. You need to be an advocate for whatever it is that you believe in. And if you believe that we as, um, you know, African-Americans, Black people, whatever it is you want to call us, um, or just people, well, I'm not going to say people of color because I think people of color overall are treated differently. And I just think that it's you know, hard. like, it's I, I'm just bullshit. It, it really is. Like when I, when I, uh, you know, I'll, I'll give you an example. So when I, and this doesn't, this, this is, this is off the subject kind of sort of, but when I saw um, a video, I saw a video on like my phone of, um, of a, of a woman being reunited with her daughter from one of those ice camps or something, right? And I literally was just like so overwhelmed with sadness, but at the same time, like how? Like we are literally living our lives. Like we're doing what we do, going to the grocery store. You know, some people are like on lockdown, whatever, but there literally are children locked. I'm assuming from what I've, cause I don't know but from what I've heard, like locked in some sort of cage, place, whatever, away from their parents in 2020 or 2019 or 2018. Like, what the fuck? 
Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, it's just tragic. So, so yeah, so that, that has, that has to do with another community, but I'm just saying like, I don't understand, like what has happened to humanity, right? What has happened to people? Like, so you see that and you say to yourself, he deserved that. Because what, like, what, because what? Like, I don't, and you know, I think that there are so many different things that have like made people um, like less sensitive to just total injustice, like video games and like all of these violent things that, you know, people watch every day, like what, whatever the shows and all of this stuff is, because this is real life. This is not a game. This is not a movie. This is a real person. And evidently, this whole, like, they're, I don't know, animals, they're not a human being or whatever the case may be, still lives in people's hearts and minds in 2020. Yeah. So, yeah, for me, um, you know, I, I, I welcome people, you know, ha- that have questions for me or whatever. But honestly, um, it is very, to me, it's very clear that black people have been fighting for black people ever since we landed here right who else is going to fight for black people because you know we we need like a community of people we don't just need it's obviously we're not doing we're not doing such a great job right we're not getting it done or whatever so it's got to be other people that um that join us in in the fight or whatever for just i mean it's just a simple simple ask it's equality you know what i mean so yeah um i just found it interesting because i think that the people some of the people that i talked to i think that they were kind of sort of on this trending topic thing you know what i mean yeah, I don't. I don't get those. I don't get those questions anymore. You know what I mean? And it's not like it's gone away or anything. It's still here. You know, so um, yeah. But yeah, if you're willing, you know, if you're willing to have those hard conversations, then thank you. You know, but if you're not, I mean, you're really wasting my time and my breath. You know what I mean? Wasting my <laughs> damn energy, not- man. Like- <laughs> Exactly. Uh. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Because I had I had so many messages like in my DMs and stuff, but from people that were really caring. And this is another thing too. For whatever reason, some people thought that this was like an isolated incident, like it just happened in the United States. It's like absolutely not. <laughs> absolutely not. Absolutely not. So some, I, I remember this was like in the very beginning, some people, because I have like a global, you know, like I have a global community. So it's not just people in the United States, you know, it's Australia. It's like, it's just everywhere. Right. And um, yeah, for a while, I think people were thinking that this was just like a, um, a United States problem. And it's like, uh, no, now, I'm sure that there are places that you can go where you don't find that um, outside of America. But I just, you know, I know that a lot of people came to the realization like, huh, oh, well, maybe that is racist. You know, like, I think a lot of people were like thinking to themselves, do I? 
like, do I have these tendencies to like look at a black person in a certain way? You know, I think there was a lot of reflection too. And a lot of people that were just like, I do have like racial bias. I don't know where it came from, but I do have it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But some people just weren't willing to look at it. Some people were just automatically defensive or whatever. Those people, I didn't give them any, any energy. Because you're not, I mean, you're not here to listen, right? You just, what do you want to do? Like badger a black person? <laughs> like, I don't get it. <laughs> you want validation. You want me to go, oh, exactly, exactly. You want to feel better about yourself because, because you're white? Like, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what to tell you. Because if you're white and you don't feel that way, you, you wouldn't feel this way, right? You would, yeah. you just, if you felt like this was, you know, injustice, like this was absolutely wrong or whatever, you wouldn't be looking for more. You would just be listening. And if you wanted to say something, you would say something, right? But if you're looking for more, like if you're, you want to go back and forth, like what, what are we, what are we doing here? Like, why'd you hop on here? <laughs> Cause I was doing Zoom calls. Like I was, I was the only one on the Zoom calls. And a lot of them were listening, but I think there might've been, I don't know, there might've been one or two people that might've said something that was weird or strange. <laughs> but I just don't feed into stuff like that because, you know, um, a lot of times those things have to do with that particular person that doesn't have anything to do with me. Yeah. So, yeah. And it's, I think everybody thinks that calling themselves racist is like admitting it, but let's be honest, like society is racist. I'll be straight up and say like, yeah, I look back in my past and I was fucking racist. <laughs> And I'm sure like five years from now, I'll look back at me now and I'll be like, there was racial, ten like I had racist tendencies. I did. Mm -hmm. Like when you're driving down the street and you're at a red light and somebody's crossing the street and you lock your door, who's the person you see in your head? Yeah. Mm -hmm. That was when somebody asked me that, I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> exactly. Oh, exactly. I'm racist. <laughs> and it was in that sociology class I was telling you about. And they're like, would you do that for a white person? And I'm like oh my fucking god that's that's insane and it was like so hugely eye-opening so now i lock my door for everybody in case anybody was wondering <laughs> <laughs> but like i was like no i'm not racist like i grew up in um like i was telling you i was like one of the few white people in my mm -hmm. high school it was predominantly black like I was like, I'm not racist. Like, I have so many. <laughs> I was that person. I have so many black friends. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And then I went and I asked them and they're like, well, you do this and you do this and you do this. But you have to, like, admit it. Like, yeah. Well, you have to embrace all the parts of you, right? So yeah. that you can either, I mean, for me, I would be, you know, asking for forgiveness or, you know, looking to learn more so that you can do better. Like, you know, you can't do better if you're constantly fighting and saying that you're, you're like the greatest thing since sliced bread. You know what I mean? Like, Nothing's greater we all bread. have flaws. We all have things that we can improve and, you know, all of that other stuff. But if you're going to stay in this, I'm just the greatest thing, then, hey, I mean, I mean, have at it. <laughs> have at it. Like, seriously. Because um, I think life. there's something super powerful about you know, looking at yourself, looking at yourself is really, really, really important. Mm -hmm. um, especially if you want to grow and actually be the person that you were put on this earth to be. Like looking at yourself is fine. Yeah. <laughs> Being wrong is fine. Yeah. Um, 
and if you're I think wrong, you can fix it. So yeah, exactly, exactly. But if you if you're going to stay in that state, I mean, hey, you know, live your life, bro. <laughs> exactly. Stay far away from me because you're not going to want to have conversations with me. <laughs> I lost a lot of friends, and I'm kind of glad. Like one of them I had for like ten years, and he was like a family friend. And this was at the very start of it. And he got like super nasty about something. And I was like, well, you're racist. And he's like, no, I'm not. And he like sent me all these messages, gaslighting me, like telling me how I'm like, he's already going through a depressive state and like, I'm just making it worse. And I'm like, well, I'm sorry that, you know, a race has been suffering their whole entire lives here in America. And it's making your little white man privilege very <laughs> upset and depressed. I'm so sorry. Like you need to go seek psychological help. And I'm blocking you. So have a wonderful life. Mm -hmm. Goodbye. Like, I don't have to be your friend. I don't have to waste my energy on you. I thought you were a nice person, which is why you were in my circle. This shows me you're not. So you're not in my circle. It's that simple. Yeah. You know. I and that's know just from posting on Facebook. Like, I didn't actually, like, call him out or anything. <laughs> <laughs> like, this was not. Oh, so, so that was something that he took on himself. So he yeah. felt like, ah, uh, I see. I yeah. see. Yeah. It's almost like you're. It's, it's so crazy how this year has revealed so much. It it's really just has. revealed so much about people, about things, about, you know, like maybe the way that you looked at certain things, like it's totally different now because it's kind of like just been opened up and like the veil has been lifted. So now you actually see. Um, and I think that's happened to a lot of people. Um, and it really didn't have to happen that way. Like, if people were just open to just listening and taking in like a different perspective or even a different opinion or a different thought process than theirs and actually not even like, you don't really have to do anything like right then and there if you don't want to. Because a lot of the times, like if you're like very emotional about it and you're not really thinking, but if you get a chance to like have a conversation with someone, think about it and then come back. But that's not even, I mean, a lot of people were not having those type of conversations. It was just like, they like everybody was like bumping heads. I don't want to talk to her anymore. Can you believe? And it's just, it's so unnecessary. Like if you would just take a moment and be like, you know what? Yeah, I do do that. Because, and, and, and this is another thing, like a lot of the, uh, a lot of the, um, the racism is like, is like an undertone, right? So it's like, okay, so. I started watching TV at, I don't know, whatever age, let's just say five. And, you know, I saw this, this, and this, and then my mom said this, but my mom got it from my grandma and my grandma got it from, you know what I mean? Like a lot of the stuff is just, it's just ingrained, but it doesn't have to be who you are, right? Yeah. Just because your mother or your father or your grandfather or anybody said it is, doesn't mean that it's, that it has to be so for you, yeah. right? It doesn't have to, it can change if you want it to, but if you're not willing to listen at all to just, and this is just, just simply, it's simply that, you know, like these people were brought over here for a specific reason. And <clears throat> from those people, like we still exist, right? So we literally have their DNA inside of us, right? So for for us, and then what was so crazy is that 
we're like some of the most loving people in the world. Yeah. Like we're when you're some, cutting out some all of the most patient, some of the most understanding, like I literally have to, if, when I go, when I go to work, I have to change who it is that I am on a daily basis to fit in to, well, I was working in corporate America. So let's just say into the white world. Right. Mm-hmm. So I have to, and I don't really, you know, cause I, I don't speak, you know, a, a different way, but I'm just saying like, there's just certain ways that you have to be. And then there's certain things that people say to you or whatever that are just plain racist. You know what I mean? Like, can I touch your hair? Like, why would you want, why, why would you touch my hair what? at work? Well, what, do you have weave in your hair? Like, as if Black women are the only women that wear weave, right? <laughs> it's like, or pieces or whatever you want to call it. Like, there's just so many things that are just so absolutely disrespectful. And that's on like a uh, a small level or whatever the case may be, but it's just, there's just so many things that, um, and this is not like excuses. This is reality. This is what you have to like do every day. You have to, um, you know, work harder because you're not seen as, um, you know, someone who's qualified or if you are, uh, I remember I had a uh, a partner ask me where I was from. I um, I grew up in Summit, New Jersey. Summit, New Jersey is a very rich town in in New Jersey, and he was so surprised. He was like, "You grew up where?" And I was like, "In Summit." He was like, "Summit, New Jersey," and I was like, "Yes, <laughs> that's where I'm from." <laughs> he, I think he had a a colleague or something that either lived there or lived like in one of the cities like outside of summit or whatever and um yeah it's just like uh yeah black people live there too (laughs) (laughs) black people live there too it's just crazy so yeah there's you know and those are just like little things that i'm just thinking like off the top of my head but yeah i mean or just you know being asked to do things that you wouldn't ask, you know, another person to do. Like, for example, I have I have a friend who um, has COVID right now. She's an executive assistant, and she's still working. I I, I wouldn't be worried. I wouldn't be answering nobody's damn calls. Like, what the hell? Like, I'm sick. Freaking 2020 plague, dumbass. Like, no, I'm going to bed. <gasps> She's still working. And the, and the thing about it is, is that she probably feels like she has to work. Oh, my God. And I've already been there, done that. I mean, I can tell you a story about that one, too. But, yeah, it's just like, hey, I mean, it's just like, how do you just totally discount like a human being for your own needs. Needs that I'm sure that you might be able to get filled from someone else, or maybe you could do the shit your goddamn self. Like, what the fuck? Because I'm sick. <laughs> I'm sorry, is your hand broken? Can you not swipe to answer the call? Like, what the hell? 
Yeah. So, I mean, and I'm sure she feels because nobody really would be doing that, right? If they didn't feel like they needed to do it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, Work oh, I might be fired. Things. I might lose my job, whatever. Um, but yeah. And, you know, I think stuff like that happens more often than we think. And I don't think that this is like a black or white thing. I think this is just kind of overall. I think that there are just people that feel um, like almost like you're here to do a job for me and I'm not concerned about blah, 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 or whatever. Like, I'm not concerned whether you're sick. I still need you to do blah. You know what I mean? And it's just, it just goes back to this whole humanity thing. Like, what is wrong with people? What is wrong with people? How did you get this way? How are you so, I don't know if it's self-absorbed or whatever, that you don't, you, that you discount another human being, whether it's like, oh, I need to go pick up my son because he's sick today, or I'm sick, but yet and still, you're still emailing me. You're still calling me on my cell phone. Like, yeah, I don't, yeah. Good luck. I'm getting a response. <laughs> I've been there, done that. And for me, I understand because like I was a single mom. I needed my job so that I could take care of my family. And so there were definitely sacrifices that I made that literally, you know, mess with my mental health and everything um, to work because there are people that are out here that really just don't care. And they'll, they'll discount you for because you, you, I hired you and I want you to do this and you're going to do it regardless of whether you're sick or whatever, or you have to take your daughter to her chemotherapy treatments or whatever the case may be. Like there are literally are people in that live in this world that don't give a fuck, Yeah, which is sad, but it really is <laughs> it's disgusting. like, I don't know. I, um, I actually just quit my last job in October because they exposed us to COVID, didn't tell us, did not tell us. Then, no, I'm sorry. He told his best friend that worked there, excuse me, didn't tell anybody else in the office. The other 30 people in the office didn't get told. Oh my God. Um, including the high risk pregnancy that had a son under the age of two that had heart issues and was back and forth to the hospital. No, she didn't need to know. And she sat next to the girl that got COVID. And it's not the girl's fault that got COVID. Like this girl was a Nazi about her mask and sanitizing. Like <laughs> I'm not blaming her. I'm blaming the boss that didn't notify the people. I started to get a cold. And then somebody told me it was his friend because also my friend, he's like, oh, hey, he didn't realize the boss didn't tell anybody. He thought oh. he told everybody. He's like, hey, well, you know, um, such and such got COVID. You know, be careful, maybe go get a test. It got worse and worse. And I was like, son of a bitch, I got fucking good. Oh so my God. I called the uh, the virtual doctor and they're like, well, since you're exposed, you still have to quarantine for 10 days from the date of exposure. Mm -hmm. uh, regardless of what your test results say, you still have to quarantine. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I went and first day he's texting me, you need to get a fucking rapid test. You need to get in this office immediately. Like you've missed so much work. <gasps> They made us work from home and they sent me home because I had like this crazy sinus infection that I was on medication for. They knew it was a sinus infection, but they didn't want to make people think I had COVID. So they would send me home to work from home. I didn't miss any days. I just worked a mile from the office in my house. <laughs> Same job got done, if not more. Mm -hmm. But 
So he's telling me like, I have to come back. I show the nurse that's giving me the test that says, is there any way that I could go back? Cause I don't feel like losing my job right now. He sent him a two page letter, bitching him out, going the fuck off being like, this is CDC guidelines. If you go after her, I got this on record of all your text messages that you sent her. She'll get a lawyer. She'll sue the fuck out of your, he was going, I was like, I did not tell you to do all that. <laughs> I didn't tell you to do all that. <laughs> Sent him the 10 page CDC guideline was like, if you're not able to operate according to CDC guidelines, I'll be sure to call the police and have you investigated your whole entire operation. This is disgusting. How could you do this? Da, 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 da. I was like, went back and he, uh, I had already started looking for jobs. Cause I was like, well, after that letter, it's going to hit the fan. Like I know it is. And one of them sent a reference in. And I didn't know. And they said they were offering me a job. They just wanted to confirm references. He takes me in a meeting, gets pissed when I tell him why I want to leave, throws this whole inner child tantrum, walks out of the meeting saying, fuck off, you got two weeks. And if you don't have a job in two weeks, you're fired. And I was like, okay. Never came back. And then he's uh, telling his friend like, oh, well, she should come to our church group that she was a part of. I forgive her. Bitch, you ain't got nothing to forgive. What in the world? Yeah, yeah. And this is the society that we live in. This is so common. And this is, I, I mean, feel like they have to go to work when they're sick. They're bossed around. Yes. Get the fuck in. That is so crazy that he was like harassing you and everything. Yeah. Like, and he was my people friend think, outside was of work. Was he one of those people that thought COVID was like, like a, a conspiracy or something? Like, did he believe no. that there was, or he just didn't care? He wanted the test that said I was negative, and then as soon as it was negative, he wanted me back in the office, regardless of if I was still had a possibility of getting it or not. He said that what the doctor originally said about me having to quarantine, and there's like a, a 15 to 20% chance that when you were exposed that you could actually get a false negative, which is why they forced the quarantine now, because you could still have it, but your tests are saying negative. But if ah. you have another negative after the quarantine, you're good. Like, you for sure don't have it. They don't have, like, a high number of that. I think it's, like, less than 5%. Mm -hmm. um, and they can't obviously keep you in your house for, like, months on end. So, like, you got to go back sometime. <laughs> so he said that that was a sham. He got COVID. He got COVID. And then he's like, oh, well, I had no symptoms, so it's not that bad. And I'm like, well, you're on fucking crack, you dumbass. You're a 30-year-old healthy male. Oh of course God. you had no symptoms. But the funny thing is... He's my friend outside of work. And he was friends with my fiance. And now he's upset because we don't want anything to do with him. And it's like, why would we? <laughs> like, I forgive you. I get it. He's under a lot of stress. He's running yeah. in the middle of a pandemic. But that doesn't mean mm -hmm. you come back in my life, bro. And it's just like, this is, is the fucking so environment awful. now. Like, if, and, I mean, as a white woman, I would stress the fuck out. I could not possibly imagine adding racial fucking injustice onto yeah. that dear jesus mm -hmm. christ I would... that's a lot though like... yeah that's a that's a lot to deal with like i had i had um i didn't have like a you know like a a covid experience or whatever the case may be um but i have been you know treated to the point treated like so badly you know, I just, I, I don't know. I just don't understand people. It's and hard. this is, you know, like, I, you know, to, to make a, I'll, I'll try to make a, 
a long story short. So like when I moved here in 2003, my children moved here Christmas time in 2004. Um, no, 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 2000, Christmas time in 2003, because I couldn't get them in school in time enough to start school in August. So they got here in December and um, by February, my daughter was diagnosed with leukemia, my oldest daughter, Ashley. And I had just, so, so June, 2003, I started working. So June, July, August, September, October, November, December, January, February. Okay, so that's it's, it's several months that I've been at my job, right? So she gets diagnosed with um, leukemia. And so my dumb ass thinks that, you know, my doctor gives me the, like this long letter, you know, to give to my job you know, kind of like spelling out like what it is that I need to do so that I can, you know, care for my daughter. She's going to start chemotherapy. Um, I gave the letter to my boss and the next day that I came in, I think it was like over like a, um, I think it was like over a weekend or whatever. Or maybe it was like a, a Wednesday or something. So I go back to work on like the Thursday or whatever. And my boss um, calls me into a meeting with HR. And tells me that I need you to be here. So if you need to, if there's anything else that you need to do, you need to make a decision. So I had only been in Atlanta for, you know, however many months. Um, I knew a couple of people or whatever. And I had three children. My oldest, who was 14 years old, had leukemia. And then I had a five-year-old and an eight-year-old. And so uh, when I tell you that I know what it's like to be treated like shit, like you're not, like you don't fucking matter. Like I hired you to do a damn job and I don't give a fuck what is going on in your life. You're gonna be here or you're not, one of the two. And so what do you think that I did? I went to work. I had to find someone else to take, me, take my daughter to her appointments. So that meant that my life was even still like even more stressed to be honest. Um, and I actually, I don't, I don't know if that's actually true, but I just feel like it was because I had to do my job to, you know, probably some other capacity because now HR is looking at me, my boss is looking at me, all this other stuff. But on top of that, I'm her parent. Nothing can happen unless I say so. So every time she had to get a test, every time she had to get a shot, every time she had to get anything, I wasn't there. So that made me feel like shit. But on top of that, I had to give the authorization. So even while I'm at work, supposedly like, you know, doing my job or whatever, I'm still like, oh my God, like this is happening or she has this happening or whatever. And it's, it was just, it was awful. I had to do it until I qualified for FMLA. And then when I qualified for FMLA, I was able to, you know, change my schedule around or whatever. And um, they brought in like a, an assistant to help me like when I was out of the office or whatever, but yeah. Some fucking bullshit. 
Mm-hmm. A very, very prestigious, um, I'm not even gonna say, um, a very prestigious company here in Atlanta. That's basically what I was told. And, um, you know, that led to a lot of things. Um, my, my daughter uh, was diagnosed in 2004 and she passed away in 2005. Um, so not only was I stressed and, you know, had to go through whatever. And then once I was able to take her to our appointments, that was great. Like, so that I could at least be involved as her parent. Um, that whole, um, that whole part of my life, like that, that, that diagnosis changed my whole entire life for the rest of my life. Right. Um, but then she passes. Right. So then I'm still working there and I still have to come to work as if I'm not grieving. Right. Cause I, I'm still supposed to do my job. Right. So I was off for, I think I was off for a while, maybe, may, maybe a month, maybe. And even when I went back to work, um, like I would have my door closed because the, there would be times that I would like be listening to a song and it would make me cry or whatever. They didn't want me to, they didn't want me to close my door. You see what I'm saying? So like, it wasn't, it's, it's just, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. You know, it's just, there were just so many, well, you're not doing this and you're, it's just like, I'm grieving. I just lost my what else do you want me to do anymore. yeah so um oh god i would have you're stronger than i am <laughs> i would have went the fuck off <laughs> yeah it, it 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 was it was yeah it was a mess it was awful um you know i think i think really and this was when i first got here <laughs> literally so I think that that probably was the beginning because I already had I already had stuff going on like I had left an abusive relationship, all this other stuff when I left and moved here right. I was like oh no like me and my kids we're going to do this we're going to do that we're going to do the other right. So I had all these plans that kind of got derailed or whatever. And we had to go through that whole entire event um, and then lose Ashley, but for me. I'm just trying to figure this out. You know what I mean? Like I was in my thirties. So I'm just trying to figure this. I'm trying to figure all of this out without a support system. And then there's all of these other things like on top of it or whatever. There's lots of decisions that need to be made, obviously for someone who has cancer. Um, yeah, it was just, a, just so many, so many things. Um, and so that goes back to like the anxiety and depression. I don't really think that that it, it caught up to me, like all of the things, you know, like the stuff that was going on prior, the stuff that I went through when I first got here, my daughter passing away, um, we having to readjust our lives. We came here as four, but now we're just three. Um, I don't think it caught up to me until like, um, like, 
and I don't think it was, you know, it wasn't just, this is, so this is the thing. It's not just what it is that you've experienced in life. It's what you're currently experiencing, right? So when you're at work and people are micromanaging you or you're doing, you're doing your job to like the best of your ability, but there's like this passive aggressiveness about, well, I mean, you know, I mean, you don't really like, um, like associate with us really, like, you know, we don't really know you and what the fuck does that have to do with my job? I'm sorry, like, what does that have to do with my job? You know what I mean? Like, well, I mean, what do you want to come out with us sometimes? You know, we go to like happy hour and I'm thinking to myself, no, I don't. Oh, I got fucking kids, bitch. Go like, we don't even, well, well, first of all, this is my thing. We don't have anything in common. Like, you've never really like acted like you cared about who I was, right? Because maybe if you cared, maybe we would have gone to lunch or something like that. But the way that the way that we communicate is not even that, you know, is do are you nosy? Like, do you want to know my business? Like, what is it? Because I don't really think that you want to. So, but I do know that that is a thing. Like, that's a thing. One of the uh, people that I worked with um, early on, she was like, girl, you need to learn to play the game. And I was like, what in the fuck does that mean? She was like, you know, she was like, you know, a lot of a lot of people that are you know, a lot of people like to, you know, associate, they like to go to lunch and they like to, you know, go to happy hour and stuff like that. And I was like, I've got children, like, <laughs> I've got to go pick up people from like daycare and, you know, all this stuff. I'm doing this all myself. Like, <clears throat> I mean, I don't mind going to lunch, but even when I, when I, when I first moved here and I was just listening to some of the conversations that people were having, they weren't anything that I wanted to talk about. A lot of times people were talking about other people. Uh. You know what I mean? Or talking about work at lunch. Like, isn't this the reason why we go to lunch so that we can have lunch? Like, can't we talk about, I mean, I don't know. Is there something going on in the world? Like, I don't know. Like, can we talk about something else? Like, did somebody see a TV show or I, I don't, I'm just trying to figure out why are we at, we're at lunch talking about work? <clears throat> so no. I'd like to take this portion of my day, <coughs> excuse me, and do something else. Yeah. And if this is what you guys are going to do, no, I don't want to go to lunch with you because I don't want to talk about work. I want to, I want to like totally disassociate myself from work because that's what the purpose of lunch is. So that I can like regroup, um, I don't know, go for a walk, go get my favorite sandwich from the, the, the what you call it down the street. Like, I don't know, but I don't want to. I don't want to be sitting here with you guys. And you've never come across as if you really give a damn about me. So I kind of sort of don't want to go to lunch with you anyway. You know what I mean? Yeah. But she was saying that those are the kind of things that you have to do to get ahead. Oh, I get it. So it's not you doing your job. There's extra stuff that you have to, <laughs> you have to do. Uh, it's not wrong, actually. <laughs> now that I'm thinking about it, like, I think I got... Um, my, my company was weird. They didn't like when you hung out with each other outside of work. We mm -hmm. actually had like an HR meeting with me and two other girls that were really good friends. One of them is actually my bridesmaid in my upcoming wedding. And he like pulled us all aside and was like, I see that you're, and this is the same guy with the COVID. I see that okay. you guys have a group text message. And I think that's inappropriate because you could be talking trash about people at the company. And my smart ass, I was like, well, I mean, don't do anything that we're going to talk trash about. <laughs> 
And then he like got mad about it. But I'm like, do you really think that when I leave here, my first thought is I want to go and talk about you in a text message to my friends. No, I don't want to think about your face. I don't want to think about your words. I don't want to think about anything. Like as far as I'm concerned, this company burned to the ground after I left. Like, Go away. (laughs) But he would think when we'd go to happy hour or something that we're talking trash. No. We're talking about her kids and our annoying ass husbands and everything else under the sun. Like there's life outside of this place. I mean, I don't know if you know it, but you know, there's, I mean, people have lives like. (laughs) And then when I hung out with him outside of work, my fiance lost his best friend last year, Uh, his best friend of 20 years in a bad uh, motorcycle accident. Yeah. Oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it's really rough. Uh, He's still like, he's like toxic masculinity with it. Like, like, it's okay to cry. But anyway, exactly. <laughs> um, he, uh, he's Catholic. I'm not like, um, like the Christian spiritual. I'm just like, I know something's there, but I don't know what the fuck it is. I'm just, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna keep praying to it and hoping that it answers me. That's all I do. But they had a church group and I was like, okay, I think this is good for him because this is his beliefs. This will mm-hmm. help him, you know, in a really hard time connect with the spirituality. Then all of a sudden, like, I was the cool person at work. I never got in trouble. I got all, like, the raises that I wanted in the middle of COVID. I got a raise. Nobody else got a raise. I got a sales bonus. Even after I left sales, they still kept giving it to me every month. Mm-hmm. Even after I walked out, I still got, like, some kind of severance package because my paycheck was way too high. But I'm not going <laughs> to call them and be like, hey, I think you guys made a mistake. I was like, thanks, universe. <laughs> exactly. It's because I played the game so yes. and I didn't do it like with the intent of that happening like everything actually was like this would be good for us this is what I want to do but I think once you're friends with him outside of work all of a sudden he's like all right she gets extra stuff now like his best friend that wow. he told about the exposure yeah I'm like this is the fucking shitty ass corporate world and it shouldn't be like that yes yes because even in that there are people that are being treated unfairly, right? There are people that are being, you know, there's favoritism and all of this other stuff. So it's like, this is like stuff, like on top of, and this is another thing also that drove me crazy about working in corporate. People don't really speak to you. They want to, they want to know you. They want to know about you, but they don't speak. Like I would get in the elevator going to work and no one, no one would speak. Like, no one would say good morning. No one. Like, when I would get on the elevator, I would say good morning. Even if people didn't say good morning. I just think, I just, I just thought that it was, like, the craziest thing. It's like, how are we so supposedly addicted to these things that we don't see other people? Like, we don't even, we, we don't see them so much that we don't even want to speak to them. We're so busy. We're so, I don't know what it is. Like, I, actually, I don't even have a word for it, to be honest with you. Like, why? 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 What's wrong with saying good morning? Is it not a good morning? <laughs> no, Maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's not a good morning. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I'm just happy to be alive every day. So I don't take those things for granted. I think some people, you know, yeah, I think people just take it for granted. Like, I'm, I'm going to wake up. Like, I'm going to be able to walk, talk, hear, you know, see everything. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, so that's funny I don't even know how we got how we got on this subject and we're all over the place I love it though like I really do and (laughs) it's so interesting because I don't say good morning 
I don't like to say good morning. No, really? I try to go as long as I can without talking to people in the morning. But <laughs> oh, well, wait a minute, you're not a morning person. I am, but I'm a different kind of morning person. Like okay. I like to be by myself. I get so much work done oh, in the morning. I okay. am so like working at home has really like helped me to get into that space where like I am just getting shit done. Like I get ninety percent of my work done in the morning, but then after lunch, you can't shut me up. <laughs> like I don't stop I'm like the friendliest person and like I'm that person that like I see somebody crying in the bathroom I knock on the stall and I don't go away until they tell me what they're crying about and like I just focus my <laughs> on other people and like, yeah they used to always tell me like what are you like the psychologist here and I'm like I mean I do have a degree <laughs> uh <laughs> but it's weird and I'm like I kind of wonder why like why do I hate I genuinely do not like talking to people in the morning like don't it might just it might just be who you are like sometimes sometimes you sometimes people have to be accepted for who they are i think but i see the company culture there too like they they are just like nobody called me out on it like nobody was like why don't you say good morning (laughs) (laughs) if somebody said it to me i would say it back because i'm like i'm not an asshole but then in the back of my head i'm like ugh. I was like 45 minutes without talking to anybody and they just killed it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh God, that's so funny. But yeah, that's just how you are. I I think that's totally different than just purposely not speaking to people. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Yeah. But anyway, um, I don't want to, don't want to talk too much longer about corporate America because it was, I mean, there's there's great benefits and you know whatever if you want to climb the corporate ladder whatever the case may be but I I'm just so much I'm now that I've been through a lot of the things that I've been through at work with the people that just don't give a fuck about you (laughs) um or anybody well actually me let me just say me because I'm just talking about my personal experiences um yeah I'm just I'm just not interested. I, I would mu- I would be much more interested in maybe even helping people navigate through that since I've been through so many different types of situations at work. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't even thought about that until just now, but yeah, being a, ha- having people her- helping people to get to navigate through, because some people do, some people do want to climb the corporate ladder and all this other stuff, but they just might need that mental whatever, right? That mental stimulus or that mental help to get through it because it's just not, it's not a normal environment to be in, in my personal opinion. Um, and it says, okay. All right. So what motivated you to create your business? So I'll just say this. I have been helping people now that I've really like thought about it. I thought about it a lot this, this, this year. I've been helping people since I was like a young person, like when I, when I was much younger. I, I don't even know if maybe let, let's just say teenage years, right? So I've always been that person that everybody goes to for like wisdom, advice. What do you think kind of thing, right? And I'm always... I'm always giving advice like it to me the more that I've thought about it this year it's just honestly divine right it is who it is that I was created to be but I didn't know it right so um 
nothing, I don't think anything that I've, you know, ever given someone advice about has been wrong, but that's not what I'm, that's not the purpose of my advice, right? The purpose of my advice is I'm asking, I'm answering a question for you, or either I'm giving you my insight, right? And normally my insight is coming from experience. This is another thing that God has blessed me with, which I didn't realize at the time. Um, especially when people put a stamp on bad things happening to you. Oh, bless your heart. There's always something happening to you, isn't there? There's always like these strange, oh, really? Oh, you have to go back to take care of the, really? Oh. Anyway, that was somebody, that was one of my coworkers. She used to say, bless your heart all the time. And I knew that that was bullshit, right? That is not exactly what it means. <laughs> it means bless your heart means, oh, you cry, cry. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, um, oh God, what was I saying? I, I got totally off, off the train of thought. Um, but you went through all of this with a purpose. Ah, okay. Got so, it. um, yeah, like I just, one of the things, one of the things that I was able to do this year was just accept who I am, right? And accept the things about me and stop making them out to be bad things because other people said that they were, if that makes any sense, right? So if you're able to speak into other people's lives, right? And not that, not about the right or wrong thing, but about like, this is, this is something that I've already experienced, or even this is something that I've noticed about you, right? This is something that I know about you because I know you. That's another thing, like, as a friend, I'm not just your friend, like, I know you. Yeah. And I don't think people are seen by other people often, right? So a lot of times some people can, like, actually not like you because you see them, right? Yeah. Um, or that not, or get upset with you because you call out something about them that they're not ready to like accept, right? It's not, I'm not doing anything to, um, to be cruel to you. Everything that I'm saying to you is out of love, right? And sometimes love does not mean the nice, sweet, whatever, right? Sometimes you have to be called to the carpet, right? Or called out for whatever it is that you're doing, right? So it's all based in love, but so yeah. So as far as like helping people, I think I've been doing this since I was a child. Uh, obviously I did not know anything about life coaching until like well into, um, well into my adulthood or whatever. And then I really had to like figure out like, how does that work? You know, because for me, all this time, you know, since I was a child, I've been giving information. When you coach, you're really asking questions and pulling those things out of people. So that's another thing that I had to learn on my, well, not on my own. I took courses and classes for that, but um, to kind of like sit back and like observe, because I literally can, I literally can give you the answer, right? But you might not be ready for the answer, right? Because you might have to go through the different steps to get to where you can accept yourself for who you are, right? And so it's not about giving people answers. It's really about allowing them to see themselves like in a different way, which is where questions come from, come, come in versus you telling someone something. That for me, it was hard because I've always been like, no, you should do this or 
well, I mean, you really like this. So I think it probably would be better for you to do this. You know what I mean? And so um, that probably has been like the most difficult thing for me to like balance the, no, you're not supposed to tell them what to do. <laughs> you're supposed to help them through the process so that they feel like they've learned something. Um, because I've, I've gone, I've, I've in my non-coaching times, have had issues with friends, associates, whatever the case may be, where I will say something, but they don't want to hear it, right? They don't, they just want me to listen. I don't want you to say nothing. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, well, no, why would you do that? Like, or, you know what I mean? So yeah, so I've had that, I've had that issue for like my whole entire life on like the balancing of my words and so now i'm quiet i i i i am enjoying like actually being in being in the moment and being more of a listener and an observer which is it's not super new but it's super exciting <laughs> because i could just go like this right <laughs> Um, so yeah, so as far as the, as far as the, as far as the coaching business is concerned, it just comes natural. Um, I just had to make some, you know, shifts and adjustments so that I could do it the proper way, <laughs> if that makes any sense. I like that though. I've never thought about it like that before that we, we really don't listen. We ask you questions and help you gain your own self-awareness. So that way <laughs> one day you stop, you know, coming to us and then we're like, all right, Time to go help other people. Exactly. Like, she's good. She's got it. <laughs> That's so cool. Exactly. Because I think it's so important for people to feel like, like they, well, actually not for them to feel like it's their job. Like, yes, you hired me to be your coach, but I'm not the one who's supposed to give you all the answers. We're supposed to, I'm supposed to guide you to discover the answers so therefore you don't feel like it was me it was me no it's you it's you it's you that needs to do the work <laughs> it's you that needs to do like whatever it is that i that that i think that should be, that would be good for you to do whether it be affirmations or journaling or meditation or whatever that is or writing a forgiveness letter or whatever it is right it's your job if you don't do it then we're not going to be successful because i'm just really guiding you through whatever it is that you're looking for, right? What, whatever the goal is, whether whether you want to figure out who you are, what you like, why are you so unhappy? My life is like a mess. Like I make wrong decisions and I second guess myself all the time. And like, why do I do that? Okay, well, let's examine it. Let's figure it out. But if if they do not do the work, it's not successful. It's never going to be successful. And unfortunately, a lot of people want someone to tell them what to do. And then when they, when that person tells them what to do, when the coach tells them what to do, they don't want to do the work no. because the work is hard. The work is really about really looking at you. And a lot of times when you look at you, you have to look at your parents or whoever raised you you have to look at your surroundings. That could be like your friends, your job even. 
Um, and people are just like, I, I don't have time for this. <laughs> this is like, this is stressful. Like, this makes me sad. Like, I'm crying. Like, all this stuff. But this is how you transform. Like, you change. And on the other side of that is happiness. It's just so, it's so amazing. Like, on the other side of that is, like, flow, which is, like, what we're doing right now, right? Yeah. It's so amazing. Like, I just, first of all, when I started, like, working on myself, I literally was just, like, I can't do this anymore. Like, I cannot be unhappy. I cannot be in these messed up relationships, like, choosing the wrong people. I don't feel like I have like a support system or whatever, but yet and still I have all these friends. Um, like, I just feel like, is this what my life is gonna be like? Like, I just don't wanna do this anymore. And I, you know, I was, I was going to a new thought church. So that means that I was, you know, taught spiritual principles every Sunday. Um, I've got books galore from my, um, that my bishop asked us to read every year or whatever the case may be, um, Catherine Ponders, Florence Scovel Shin, like all of these people that spoke about um, speaking your life into existence, watch your words, your word is your wand, things of that nature. But I really wasn't, like I had some of those things and some of those practices in my life, but that wasn't a constant. And I think that's another thing that people don't really understand. When you are asking like a real coach, not just, you know, let me not even go that way. So a real coach, right? A, someone who really can take you from where it is that you are to where it is that you want to be. And that's your choice, right? Whatever it is that you want to work on. You have got to do, like, I, I, I can't say this enough. You really do have, you have to do, you have to do the work, right? And it's not something that is always easy. But then again, like let's let's just let's just compare it to exercising, right? So you are 50 pounds overweight and you want to lose weight. What do you have to do? Get your ass off the couch. <laughs> you have to do like you have to do reps, you have to walk, you have to do something, right? And you have to do it day and day and day you have to continue and if you want and for some people if they want to maintain that weight because some people will lose and then they'll like gain it right back if they don't keep doing what they're doing so let's just let's just talk about those type of people so me if you COVID. don't continue to do it what happened i said me during covid oh. <laughs> <laughs> i was like i lost all this weight oh look candy i'm not going to the gym it's closed <laughs> That's so funny. Uh, but if you don't continue to do it, then you yeah. won't get the results that you want, right? And so it's the same way. It's the same way with it. And it doesn't really have to be like coaching, but we're talking about coaching now. But if you want any type of change in your life, that's what you have to do. Like you have to work on it every single day. And I think because of even like the, you know, the environment that we live in, like things can kind of come to us a little bit easier than maybe they used to um, back in the day. I just think that people just aren't down for that sometimes. Now the ones, the ones that I can take through, uh, can take through a breakthrough. It's amazing. It's amazing to be able to help someone see themselves um, 
it see themselves through a process and come out on the other side. You know what I mean? And happiness is whatever happiness is to you. A lot of people are like, well, what is happiness? Well, what makes you happy? Because that might be the one of the first things that you need to figure out. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, because I mean, I remember when I first started my journey, I had no idea. I didn't, I had, I was, I was in such a place where I didn't even know what I liked anymore. I didn't know, like, I love music, but it had been years since I had listened to music. If it wasn't like in the car or something, like when I was, you know, driving to work or something like that, I hadn't listened to any of like my favorite artists or any, I didn't know if they had albums out. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Like when you, when you are at a place where, and I would, I would say that it's dark, right? When you're at a place where you're just figuring everything out. And that's another thing that I really got tired of. I don't want to make decisions anymore because I'm not making good ones. I don't want to do this anymore. And so I, I need something else. And for me, that something else was actually figuring out like who I was and whose I was. That's where God comes in. Because I don't, I don't make decisions by myself anymore. I don't do that. Like I don't, and I know some people will probably think this is weird, but I have a routine, uh, a morning routine. I have a sacred space in my house and I go there every morning. Uh, normally it's like five o'clock in the morning and I pray, I meditate, I journal. And when I am doing all of those things, I am asking, what will you have me do? Um, what would you have me say and to whom? Uh, where would you have me go? And that's how I lead my life now. And that takes the pressure off of me because <laughs> obviously I don't know every goddamn thing, okay? And I personally feel like he has done so many miraculous things in my life since I started doing that that I don't want to do anything else. Now, I will give you, I will tell you that I'm not always obedient. And sometimes I fall from quote unquote grace, right? And so recently I had, um, I was actually told, um, like while I was writing, you know, I was writing about a situation that was going on and, you know, I really just wanted to be a part of it. I wanted to be there and spirit was like, no, it's not for you, but guess what? I did it anyway, right? <laughs> so I literally was in like this, this, when I say flow, I just mean like, I was just in like the best place. I just felt good every day. Um, you know, whatever it is that myself and spirit came up with in the morning, that's what I did, like, and everything was just like flowing great. And I just inserted myself into something that really had nothing to do with me. And for the, for a couple of months, I was just totally out of alignment, just totally. I wasn't doing any of the things that I normally do. I didn't, my, my morning routine was out of whack. Like sometimes I prayed, sometimes I didn't, sometimes I meditate. Like some, I mean, I was just all over the place. And I was like, oh shit, I don't want to be over here. <laughs> I 
want to be over here. Like I want, I need to get back over there like quickly because this just doesn't feel good. It's really about relinquishing. And I know we talked about this earlier, relinquishing control because I personally feel like if the way that I was, if the way that I was running my life, if the decisions that I was making was not good for me, and as soon as I surrendered and gave my power over to him, her, or whatever you want to call it, over to the universe, the divine, God, whatever you want to call it, and now my life is great, I, I need to go back to where my life was great. I, I don't want to. I don't want to make my own damn, damn decisions. <laughs> I don't want to mess up. I don't want to. I don't want to do any of those things anymore. Um, and I know, you know, for some people it might sound weird. It's not like a holier and thou thing. It's just, it's just a spiritual principle. It's just spiritual principles that, if you embrace them, they will make your life and your days and your hours and your minutes and your seconds just so much easier so much easier so i don't know how i got off on that because you asked me about my coaching program <laughs> but yeah um just a little bit about like you know what i do what i believe in and just how um i don't know just how to make things so much e just how to make things easier yeah how life just does not have to be so hard and we just don't really have to be so hard on ourselves um it would just make things so much easier if we didn't. So I don't know. Did I answer your question? Yeah, 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 absolutely. <laughs> I like it. I don't know. It's like the work is hard, but when the work is done, it's not hard anymore. Mm -hmm. When you sit here and you fight it every day and you're in this state of misery, it's going to be hard, just as hard, a different kind mm -hmm. of hard, a comforting hard because you're used to it. And it doesn't go away. It doesn't go away until you pick the other hard, you exactly. do the work, and then it goes. So it, I keep seeing this meme go around, and it's so right. Pick your hard. Pick your hard, because it's hard both ways. <gasps> I haven't seen that. You haven't? Oh, it's so good. No. It's like, And it goes based off things like if you're in a relationship that you hate, and you're really frustrated with this guy, and it's really hard. But to go to couples counseling and work through it and get your relationship back on track or to leave is just as hard. Pick your heart because you're doing mm -hmm. it either way. Yes. You know, it's hard to be overweight. You have more health problems. It's harder to find clothes. It's so <laughs> like draining and your confidence is shit. So yeah, it's hard to lift weights. But again, pick your heart because they yeah. both suck. <laughs> That's so true. And one is going to, one is going to eventually no longer be hard. Yeah. It's going to suck less and less every day <laughs> exactly. before, you know, like, Oh God, I hated lifting weights. When I first started, I was like, this is horrible. Every morning I'd get up and I was like, why do you do this? This is horrible. And then I had to go to the hospital overnight and I was so stressed out and I was having bad anxiety. And in the back of my head, I kept thinking, man, I kind of want to go to the gym. And I was like, who am I? <laughs> But it must make you feel better because that's how yeah. that's how exercise does for me. Even though, um, you know, sometimes I'm not as consistent as I want to be, it does make me feel better. Yeah, it like helps. I just I just I have such some of the greatest like ideas and like so much more energy and um, 
like I just feel cleaner. Like, you know what I mean? When you, when you're exercising and you're like exerting yourself or whatever. So that makes sense. I like that. I never, I never thought about like, I can never put a word to it, but cleaner is like very accurate. Like you just feel like you Mm -hmm. flushed all your bullshit out or something and you're good. (laughs) Exactly. 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 And I mean, I, um, I, I started, um, walking like in the neighborhood or I would go to like a trail because there's a trail not too far from here called the Silver Comma Trail. Um, and I would walk, I don't know, what is, is five miles, is that like 10,000 steps? I don't know. I can't remember. That sounds like enough. Five miles is good. Okay. <laughs> um, and it's just, it's so refreshing to be out in nature. Like you're hearing birds and you're seeing squirrels and maybe the wind is blowing and you're like breathing in fresh air and you're, but you're also sweating and you know, you're either like, I was doing like a walk run. Um, and then you, you know, like I might be tired. Like when I get in my car, like my heart is beating, I'm drinking my water, all this other stuff, but it's just a temporary like feeling, right? Then it goes away. And then you've got all this energy, <laughs> got ideas that are coming to you like crazy, but you also feel so much better. Like just overall, you just feel so much better when you do it. So yeah, I love love I actually love walking or even doing that walk run more than anything else like there's all kinds of stuff that I'm doing in here like like planks and crunches and all that and I'm just like you know what I mean like can I just go for a walk I just love it and maybe it's just the the sunlight and the nature part of it I think that's probably it because I think that's something that I like connect to really well so yeah I used to do nature walks a lot, but with COVID, I swear everybody gets on a trail and they think they can stand next to you and they're not going to get COVID. And I'm like, get the fuck away from me. Get away from me. Get away. I had an issue with personal space before this happened. It just got worse. My bubble went from like here to like here. Back the fuck up. Oh my God. But yeah, I, um, I used to do a walk once a week and then... I do weightlifting and weightlifting. I thought I would hate, but like I said, like after like a month and a half, I was like craving it. It's like looking in that big ass mirror in the gym is so intimidating. But when you get used to it and you get comfortable mm-hmm. there, you're like powerful. Like I always felt like I was this weak person that couldn't handle things. And then I'm oh, sitting here yeah. lifting more than my husband. And I'm like, boom, bitch, I'm <laughs> strong. Like, fuck <laughs> <suck> it. <laughs> I had one of the big bodybuilder guys come up to me one time. He's like, your form's great. And I'm like, damn fucking right it is. <laughs> like confidence boosting. That is so awesome. Yeah, but that's what I needed. Like, I, I'm out in the sun all the time. I have dogs. I have to walk them. They always have to go to the bathroom. It's annoying. <laughs> like, I'm always outside. So that outside aspect never really did anything for me. But just blaring music and lifting heavy things was like, transformative but that's why i always tell everybody to like try everything find what you like because what i like you might not and what you like exactly because we're all different and that's another thing too yeah there's there's so much of our society that's trying to like be like someone else and it's like hello like you were put on this earth to do probably one or two things and how about what they're doing might not be what you're doing I mean what you're meant to do you know what I mean 
Um, I talk to my kids about that all the time. Like, no, you're really good at this. Like, that's what you should be doing. But, you know, if they decide to go do something totally opposite, I'm like, okay, well, I guess they'll learn. Or or maybe that is something that they enjoy too. I, I don't know. Yeah. I felt like that when I tried a Zumba class. Everybody swore <laughs> by them. And I was like, this is fucking hell. I will never go back. <laughs> I, took, I took a Zumba class a couple of times with my girlfriend. And she was just like, so like all into it. And I was just like, mm, I don't know about this. Like, it's okay. You know what I mean? So yeah, it just depends. <laughs> I thought I would like it because I did belly dancing for a couple of years and I was like, oh yeah, same thing. Like you move your ass a lot. Like I could do this. <laughs> I'm like, this is fucking like a whole nother level of fresh hell. Like, what is this? <laughs> that's that's a serious that's a serious exercise. Like serious. Yeah. Like and nobody told me it was that bad. Like I always see these people who were beginners, like going in there. So I was like, it's not that hard. And halfway through, I'm like, don't have an anxiety attack here. This is not the place. Breathe, breathe. <laughs> <laughs> like at the end, I just laid on the floor for five minutes and people walked around me. I was like, I'm dead. Don't touch me. <laughs> horrible. <laughs> Never went back. I'm like, I can't do this. This isn't my, this is not for me. This is not my thing. This is not my thing. Oh, God. All right. So this has been probably one of my favorite interviews. Don't tell the others. <laughs> but seriously, this has been so fun and just like so flowy and great and awesome. And I loved every second of it. So tell everybody where they can find you so they could fall in love with you, too. <laughs> oh, awesome. Okay. So my website is just Rachel. It's just www.rachelmindy.com. My um Instagram is I am Rachel Mindy. Um, so what is it? The at sign at I am Rachel Mindy. And then um, I'm on Facebook too as Rachel Mindy. So I think it's Rachel Transforms. Like it's uh, facebook.com Rachel Transforms. So that's where I am. And I've, I've got a, um, uh, a Facebook group that I've created that I really am excited about growing. So that's called the self-love prescription, which um, is something that I'm so passionate about. I just feel like um, loving yourself is like the first, um, like the first thing that we can do to having like healthy relationships all over. So in other words, like when you love yourself, you won't accept certain things like at work, right? You won't accept certain things from a guy or a girl, right? Because you love yourself. So you're not going to choose the dude that's like abusive, right? Because you love yourself, like absolutely not. Like get away from me, right? Um, same thing with work. Like if you're being mistreated at work, like psh, I'm out of here. Cause what is wrong with you people? Like all of you crazy, you know what I mean? Like, so I think it just goes with it goes with everything. I think everything starts with you. Um, and so that's what I um, plan on being more um, engaging in that group because I really um, am starting, launching actually, um, my Miracle Method um, mini course in 2021. Um, but again, even with the, the Miracle Method, it really does always boil down to like our mindset, our words, how we feel about ourselves is how we will conduct ourselves in the world. So yeah, so that's where I can be found. Facebook, Instagram, and my website. 
<laughs> Join our Facebook group, guys. Like she's got, I don't know if you've gotten any information from this, you know, awesome ass interview, but she's got a whole <laughs> container where she will love you and nurture you and spit you out as this awesome individual that don't need nobody to be their validation. Exactly. I don't know why that was so hard for me to say validation. <laughs> It's, it's right here. It's not coming out. <laughs> All right. Well, I appreciate your time and it's been so much fun. Thank to you have so you much. Here. I love this. This was like the absolute best. All right, guys. I'll have her in the show notes. And if you uh, check her out, check her out already. That's it. That's all I can say. Bye. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. For more bomb ass content, follow me on Instagram at First Steps to Sanity or leave me a review and let me know what your favorite part was. I can't wait to see you guys next week. Bye.